Welcome to the For Love and Money podcast, the show where business and social purpose meet to inspire a movement for positive change. Here's your host, Carolyn Butler-Madden. Our guest today grew up in the north of England, living in a caravan. She's had to overcome many hurdles since she was young, and she's a passionate champion of diversity and inclusion. She's an activist for kindness, and she works hard to bring more kindness into the workplace and the wider world. Anna Shepherd is the founder and CEO of Bambuda Group, a network for dedicated learners who want to make an exceptional impact through leadership in business. Anna has added value to thousands of companies and inspirational leaders by showing them how to work kinder. She's an inspirational keynote speaker, and she's the founder of several other major initiatives, including the Corporate Kindness Project, uh, which is an Australian-based research study focusing on the business benefits of working kind. And um, she is also the founder of a feel-good podcast show called Project Good Boss. Anna, welcome to the Beloved Money Podcast. Hello, Carolyn. It's lovely to be here with you today. Thank you for taking the time out. So I want to hit you up with the first question, which is, when you think about purpose in business, what role do you think love has to play in it, if any? Oh, I wish it played more of a role, Carolyn. That's all I've got to say. Um, I think love certainly is something that's quite important these days. You know, we we recently held the Corporate Kindness Conference and Pedestrian Group were there talking about, you know, the next generation of humans and how work has become actually really a key pivotal point and part of their purpose in life so you know these young people are showing up with absolute abundance of love for the organizations they're working for um but in a way where they're actually wanting to make the world in a better place but the current systems you know the capitalist systems that are in place don't really lean into the love it's all really about the revenue and the money and you know think a lot of companies are making moves in the right direction to you know put a bit more love into their stakeholders and everybody involved but there's there's not a lot of people that are doing it actually in a really authentic way um and yeah I think the future of business is about the balance of profit and love and you know those that that do get that balance right and even though it's painful at times because it takes a little bit of experimenting and you know innovation are the ones that are really going to be around in into the future without it the other brands will just fall by the wayside I believe because there's nowhere to hide anymore you Mm. know you're either a lover or you're a fighter in this day and age and we don't have much time for people that sit on the fence (laughs) so (laughs) you know and um it's an honor speaking to a fellow activist like yourself, Carolyn. You've been fighting the good fight for a long time since since you were, um, you know, a teenager. And um, <laughs> the reality of it is, we we've all got to dance with the devil to to create some impact sometimes. But sometimes the devil isn't the devil. It's just love that's been so buried that it's quite difficult to find it. So um, yeah, I think I think the future is about love and balance the current state of affairs um is is a transitioning period yeah yeah and you talk about you're either a lover or a fighter but being a lover actually incites you to fight the good fight oh yeah 
It does, you know, and nothing, nothing, nothing can disarm a person faster than a than a bit of kindness and compassion. Uh, yes, and you're a great champion of that. Yeah. So, so to listeners, I know Anna well. Anna and I have supported each other over the last few years as we've built our businesses, and um, and I was um, really keen to bring her on the show to showcase the work that she's doing in leadership and kindness in leadership because clearly we need it. Anna just talked about, you know, capitalism, but I think what you're referring to is the old-style capitalism, shareholder capitalism, which is still dominant, um, but we are seeing a transition towards stakeholder capitalism and, you know, capitalism can be and is an incredible force, but when it's just focused on profits... And doing a bit of good on the side, it is totally missing the mark. And I believe, and I know you believe, it is leaving so much on the table. It's leaving money on the table. Mm. Um, and we have to, you know, um, respond to the needs of the world. That's what business is about, isn't it? Responding to needs. So, um, so uh, 100%, yeah. but also relationships. I just think, you know, the power of relationships is so important and relationships are built on a mutual understanding of uh, an agreement on the world usually or an agreement on the next tasks and actions. And when you've got a shared passion and a shared love for something, beautiful things happen, beautiful connection happens. And um, we all know people need more connection and a sense of belonging than ever before. Um, so I completely agree with that. Wonderful. Thank you. So um, I talked about in the introduction, you grew up in a caravan. Can you share your background story and what has led you to where you are today with Bambuda? Yeah, um, my childhood was quite unique in a sense. Um, I grew up in tourist holiday parks on the northeast coast of England. Um, It was bright lights and colour and circus travellers and showman travellers and it was similar to the NRMA parks, you know, the big falls that you've got here, except we would always would always be raining and cold in the UK, for, <laughs> apart from maybe two days a, a year. And then we would get our pasty bodies out in those two days a year. Um, and they would have these big entertainment complexes in the middle. So it would be like a swimming pool and a club rooms and live shows and performance. So my, my life as a child was just colour and light and creativity. And, you know, I'd learned to juggle and unicycle at the age of like six from travelling Sherman. And, you know, but I also had the opportunity to meet thousands and thousands of people from a very young age. Um, which made me an anomaly from a neurodiverse perspective because I actually am really good at talking to lots of different types of people and generally a good judge of character. But it was really hard growing up. I'm one of five girls um, and several of my sisters are disabled. Um, And, you know, it was while we lived in this bubble, which at times was incredibly inspiring and different, we just struggled to fit in when it came to the outside world. Um, And to top it off, I was neurodiverse and gay and all of the things that make you fit in in life. So, um, you know, I uh, I learned from a young age that there was extreme inclusion and extreme exclusion in this world. 
Um, but I always managed to find all the others that were like me. Um, and we would hang out in a gang of others. And really, it's through the acts of kindness that have been given to me along the way and the opportunities that have enabled me to thrive. I went into the care system for a short time um, because things were just really turbulent at home. And really, I've had to bring myself up from about 15, 16 years old Um so the people that have come along the way and the friends I've made have really been an important part of that journey, especially the people that gave me the opportunities. I went to drama school, uh, originally wanted to be on the stage. I used to sing back in the day. Now I only sing in the shower. Um, I also was a good little dancer. Now, um, again, only after a couple of glasses of wine do I think I can I can dance. But all of that was kind of almost therapeutic for me at that age to be able to express myself in the ways that enabled me to thrive and actually to heal. You look back, it was very healing. You know, I've traveled, I've lived in Spain. I worked as an entertainer um, in Spain for four years um, across a multitude of of uh, hotels and resorts and um, learned lots of languages well bits of languages I think I'm absolutely fluent in Spanish after a couple of glasses of wine I'm really not but <laughs> Spanglish Spanglish and you know t- traveled I've, I ended up getting into university on an access course again um, and didn't have a clue how to even write an essay um, and I handed my first essay in which we've laughed about before I thought was the best essay anyone had ever written and it wasn't, um, it was the worst. So I, I, uh, a really nice lecturer at that university taught me at uni how to write an essay. And, you know, once I'd learned the system and I handed things in, I started getting, getting much higher marks. And it was just, I just hadn't learned the system to operate within, you know, and um, I've been given jobs with people that have just been like, oh, there's something about this girl that she, she deserves a chance. And and like being able to show up in different ways, um, which has enabled me to thrive. And it's only very recently that I actually got a ADHD diagnosis as well. Until then, I just thought I was a bit of an oddball, you know, and you just think, oh, I don't really fit in anywhere. And I think really differently. And why am I going so fast at this time when everyone else is going so slow? And why can't I, why can't I get my thoughts into focus sometimes? And, you know, all of these things you learn and it's quite common now that people in their 30s and 40s are finding out their where they're at with their diversity or their neurodiversity. I'm coming across so many people. Yeah and it's it's just people like oh right there's loads of other people like me and my goodness I would have done anything for for somebody to, to have told me at 16 I'm not I'm not an oddball I just will thrive in this environment but probably not in this one. Um so, so that's been my childhood. I've worked in um, Malawi, in Africa, Sri Lanka, Malaysia. I've, I've traveled the world and I've seen many different types of people um, working on different types of things. But one thing is for sure is there's a massive, massive disparity between the opportunities that some people get in life and the opportunities that others get. And that's always been something that I found very difficult to understand because, you know, everywhere I go in the world, there's talent and there's there's capacity and there's tenaciousness. And some of the biggest lessons I've learned haven't been in the Western world, um, you know, certainly around a sense of self, community and sustainability. And I think that we, through the pursuit of perceived happiness which you know traditional capitalism might have have 
made us believe people are actually quite unhappy and do have a sense of not belonging. Um, I think COVID's really, really brought this to light in a way which people can't ignore anymore. And it's shifted things in a way which is actually comes with a massive amount of opportunity, which is really exciting. Um, it's the disruption we needed, but now what do we do with it? The, the mental health issues are going to be quite big in this world now. And, you know, so so that's my upbringing. There's a lot more to it, um, you know, and if, if you do want me to come and tell my story, I can come and share that with you um, individually as well or with your organisations and teams. But my very existence has been through genuine connection and um, opportunity, which was presented to me by people who gave me a shot. And I think sometimes we have a lot of leverage on education and a lot of leverage on, you know, where have you come from and what school did you go to? But sometimes the most unexpected people can surprise you with what they bring to the table, especially when it comes to diversity of thinking and ways of going around things. And we'd be naive to think that, you know, I'm 39 now. On Friday, actually, I'm 39. Happy birthday happy to birthday. me. Yeah, happy birthday. And I'm already a little bit out of touch. Like, you know, I, I hope you don't mind me mentioning we've got Sienna, who's Carolyn's daughter in our co-working space in the inner west. And, you know, she keeps me in touch with all what's going on and what's cool and what's not, you know, and I'm like, wow, I'm so out of touch. <laughs> so, you know, we've got to create the space and we've got to create the safety for the next generation of humans to show us what needs to be done. And um, where do we even start with that when people don't really understand currently how they fit in with the world and what the future of the world will be? So that's that's where we're here at Bambuda to, to help with that. And that's my life's purpose. Wherever I go, whatever I do, it will always be about reducing inequality because that's just in my DNA. It's, it's what I'm made of. and. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really grateful that I've had the opportunities I have to work with people like yourself and, you know, all sorts of other inspirational leaders that have got it and believe in it because actually it's a lonely journey if you're doing it on your own and you're fighting the good fight and, you know, but you can't communicate what you're trying to achieve or, you know, it takes years of reiterating and and testing and piloting what it is you're trying to achieve for people to come on the journey in a way which is meaningful and it's never in isolation ever mm. and you know? do you know there's so much to unpack in what you just touched on with your background the thing that really just stood out to me um massively was the gang of others mm. you know like right from the word go it, it all comes down to people just want to feel like they belong yeah that's it and there's such as you say disparity of opportunity and um and you want to find others who can help you find meaning in life and I think that's what Bambuda is doing so well and you as Bambuda's leader mm. you know your your life's experience it just feels like it's such a natural um, path for you to take and can I just say singing dancing acting juggling yeah. university far out yeah it's like a lot isn't it and we haven't even scratched the surface some of my uh, stories would make your eyes water carolyn but you know <laughs> we might, we might need to save that for for another kind of podcast <laughs> oh yeah for sure 
Um, although I think you should be able to share some of them here. Mm. That could be interesting. <laughs> so tell us more about Bambuda. Yeah. So, so Bambuda Group is a social enterprise, first and foremost, which anyone who is in social enterprise world knows um, that we, we commit to give at least 50% of our profits to impact. And the way that we do that is we actually um, deliver in-house corporate leadership programs, which help leaders understand the systems and the social responsibility and what brand purpose is and why diversity inclusion is important and everything into 12-month academies. So we do masterclasses and all sorts of stuff. So the aim is that we empower these leaders with the knowledge around how they can be more impactful as, as a leader, but at the same token, make sure the business is successful and there's some clear metrics associated to that. With the money that we get from that, we actually run annual programs called the Game Changer Programme, where we put diverse and underrepresented business owners and leaders through a 12-month coaching program where they'll also access lots of learning and knowledge. But each other, which is the big thing, is you know accessing all of the other others so we can thrive together. So, so you know, that's been a beautiful, beautiful program. We've given $325,000 worth of scholarships away in the last, since the start of COVID, actually, the last two years. And it's, it's ran because we have all of these amazing professional coaches, some of the best executive and leadership coaches in industry donate their time each year and they give up to two hours a month and we pair those coaches with our program recipients and there's some amazing relationships are built and you know we've actually just started to launch a campaign called the people of the humans of Bambuda because we literally have the most amazing inspirational humans attached to this movement who are all making a dent they're making moves they're building movements they're making change whether that's in an organization or externally um based on the thing that they're passionate about and even when people start with us they might not have a clue about their purpose or what it is but fair enough by the end of each year they've made new friends they've they've found peers that are similar to them they've got the tools research knowledge and a coach that's believed in them for the last 12 months and helped them get clarity around what the next steps are for them so they can go off and be a game changer which is is what we're trying to achieve so that's bambuda in a nutshell you know leadership programs and social responsibility programs in businesses that money pays it forward so we can bridge that gap for inequality um and start start making some shifts We've also just opened the world's first kind business center in Stanmars in the West. And we did this as a, out of a, a result of knowing we've run these programs for a few years now. And we recognized it's all good and well having a big output of leaders each year that are really inspired. But what if they can't amplify their message? What if, you know, they don't have the tools or a space to be able to create so the Working Kind Collective and Impact Studios has, is being launched next Thursday, actually. Um, everything in the space is donated, upcycled, very wholesome. And it's a beautiful space with an event space and media studios and, you know, a space where people can come and collaborate. You, you know, you can learn from each other. And that this, this is built under exactly the same model as Bambuda, where, you know, based on the, the sales we get in, in the media studio and in, in the co-working and what have you, we can pay it forward to ensure we can give underrepresented community groups 
the space to utilize to be able to amplify their message and connect. So that's us in a nutshell. We've um, we've built a very wholesome kindness curriculum, which sits above everything we do, like our guiding light, um, which has got five key pillars. The pillars of the curriculum is kindness to customers, people, community, environment and self. So self is is often missed off the mark when it comes to corporate programs. But we know through the research, through the evidence, through the work that we've done, unless leaders have got a strong sense of self and are well, you can't run a well organization and, and an organization that's able to function in a way where it's kind to all of those different stakeholders. So that's our curriculum and the programs sit under there. We're actually working behind the scenes to build an index as well at the moment, the Corporate Kindness Index, which will um, be all about how businesses can, can improve across those key areas in the curriculum. And we'll be having an awards each year, uh, the Corporate Kindness Awards, which this year was the first one we held a few weeks ago. Yeah, I believe you came and spoke at that as well, Carolyn, and, and gave yep. people lots of insights into brand and purpose. Um, so the awards will run year on year now and celebrate those businesses and leaders who are changing the game and are really operating with, with kindness. Yeah. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, the awards a few weeks ago, the conference, Corporate Kindness Conference and Awards, talk about um, inspiration. I good mean, vibes. It was just really good vibes, good fantastic vibes. turnout. Yeah. And just, oh my God, talk about feeling love. your. Yeah. There was some love in that room, not in a hippie One. way, either. It was like just <laughs> love. I, I, apparently, was, uh, there was just people were just like wow we, they didn't want the conference to end like yep. there was a girl in the toilet I heard and she was like I just I wish this would never end I wish it would go <laughs> on for the rest of the week because we just had so many contributors we had some great sponsors as well so thanks to Blooms the Chemist one of our headline sponsors and ACM of Fujitsu and Cisco we had so many great sponsors and Lendlease hosted the day for us so all of the businesses that all of the others that were looking for the others and the inspiration and the tools to take back to their own businesses to go, do you know what? We could do things differently here. Um, mm. So all of the speakers that came donated their time, um, experts across kindness to people, customers, community and environment in many different ways. So people could just take some practical tools and, you know, programs and ideas away with them to actually start applying when they get back, back into their workplaces. Um, we did have a mental health panel as well. I think it's really important at the moment um, to talk about the reality of the situation. Um, we're kind of stuck in this weird limbo land where nobody really wants to go back to the office, but then everyone feels a bit lonely at home. <laughs> and how do we create a sense of belonging, you know, when everything's changed? The rules of engagement have changed <laughs> in, a, in a way where there's not much going back and the way people were held into boxes before they're not anymore. You know, everyone's got off the hamster wheel and exactly. they're like, you want me to get back on this hamster wheel? What? Why would I do that? I don't want to do that. I'm resigning my resignation. And, yeah. And, and do you know what came through for me at that conference? It was, I, I'm just, it's, it was like a gang, a gathering of your gang of others, right? Mm. But I think what the vibe was, yes, love, but it was a sense of possibility. Mm. Like I oh. think 
Yeah, and just feeling like, you know, how do we move forward in a better way? And finding the others around you who can help you, support you, inspire you. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I love like going back to what you were talking about with your model, with the coaching and then the um, Game Changer program, um, the way you have structured it so that it is, you know, world-class coaches who are donating two hours a month. Was it two hours a month of their Two time? hours a month, yeah. They also, so, get, they also get a program at the back end. So, you know, we're actually just recruiting coaches now. Um, the, the reason we managed to acquire and retain this level of coaches is because we run peer-to-peer programs at the back end. So the Bambuda group isn't just about, you know, it's, it's about bringing people together. We do that through lots of kinds of groups, yeah. you know. Um, so Community. The coach, that's right. So the coaches learn from each other in the back end, um, you know, and we have a programs committee who are the coach facilitators who will bring these coaches together really regularly so that they can share their opportunities and challenges and, and learn different mechanisms around coaching and what that looks like to be a kind coach um, and how do you empower leaders that want to be a different kind of leader. Um, so that's that's the kind of real hook for the coaches is yes there's a give back and they want to give back um but also it's that learning piece and and sense of community for the coaches as well yeah which brilliantly signals the kind of people the kind of coaches you want to attract you know you want to attract coaches who who do want to give back who do want to create you know opportunity for others but you also want to attract coaches who are continuing their learning journey as well yeah a hundred percent and we have coaches of all ranges of of uh, expertise and experience as well and you know from different diverse backgrounds because it's also really important to have somebody who you can relate to as a coach you know I want somebody that looks and feels like me to to, to coach me and to help me understand the world so that's that's not everyone but we 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 you know we try and make sure we match coaches with the preference you know some people prefer man some people prefer woman uh, some people prefer somebody who's been in this industry or that industry but it's so varied and the the disciplines that these coaches come from is so varied as well there really is something for everybody but mm. we only have one cohort a year so if you're not eligible for the scholarships you can actually pay a significantly reduced price to access these coaches um, and the program starts in July so if you are interested in accessing some of these great coaches that's a pay it forward too um so individuals that aren't associated to bigger businesses or the small business owners operators can access these these coaches through the 12-month program and the beautiful thing is nobody knows who's on a scholarship and nobody knows who's not yeah beautiful because we don't need to start from there yeah 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 you focus in on what is um bringing you together not yeah, and the strengths. how you've got there. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Fantastic. So tell um, tell me about a leader that inspires you. Interestingly, we've just actually had um, Krista Brand speak at the Corporate Kindness Awards. And Krista Brand was Nelson Mandela's prison guard. Um, and they built this really, I mean, the answer is Nelson Mandela, but also Krista. You know, mm. they built this amazing relationship um, you know, very unlikely friendship 
and they had these little moments, you know, Christo smuggled in Nelson Mandela's baby to, to the prison, you know, and, and it was just, there were essentially on opposing sides of, you know, the, the terrible situations that were going on in, in South Africa, but, you know, the, the power of kindness and connection is what enabled them to create this relationship and this friendship. And it was the purest form of love that I think the world needs. And um, that, that for me resonates because sometimes it is the most unlikely collaborations. It is the most unlikely individuals that you given the time of day can connect with and create amazing things and outcomes, you know, and as a result of that, obviously there were, there were some good outcomes um, when Nelson finally got out of prison. So I think, you know, the reality of it is it's about those leaders that just go the extra mile when it comes to kindness and see the, the intention of a person rather than the way they look, the way they operate, you know, all of these types of things. And I think sometimes we can become so consumed by the systems, by the process, by the targets, by the KPIs that we forget we're dealing with other humans in front of us that also want to feel a sense of belonging and a sense of purpose. And, you know, and, and I think that's why bringing the humanity back in a way which is measurable and, and still still meets the objectives of the organisation is important. But another person is um, somebody who I've really had the pleasure of working with the past couple of years. Um, she actually won the Game Changer Award, which is the highest honour award that we, we're giving out each year. Um, her name's Pamela Bishop, and she was the CMO and now is the Chief Operating Officer at Blooms the Chemist. She she took the we 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 started working with Blue's Chemist on a game changer program. Uh, sorry, on the um, Good for Business program where we're looking at all the areas of social responsibility and how do we see where we're at and start improving them. And it was great we actually got to work with you as well, Carolyn, on the brand purpose piece. But the reality of it is, if it wasn't for leaders like Pamela taking these agendas in in a way which is so strategic which is so cleverly embedded into organizations you know we wouldn't actually be making moves in the right direction you know every organization needs a Pamela Bishop and mm. you know we're here as the shepherds supporting the Pamela Bishops where our job isn't to be on lead guitar with the organizations we're working with we're on base you know Pamela's on lead guitar I'm on base. I'm saying, what are we going next? What's happening next? Okay, here's the tools, resources, tips, examples. You know, uh, let's let's bring the program together in a way where we're going to get the outcomes we want to achieve. And, you know, taking a whole leadership team on a journey um, the way Pamela did and, ha- and continues to do at Blooms the Chemist is remarkable. But having worked so closely with her as well, um, just the level of integrity she operates with and um, consistency and professionality, um, you know, is, is quite remarkable. And, you know, all while having lots of children in the mix. So she's, she's just a very inspirational human and I've got a massive amount of time for her. Yeah, and I'm very happy to say she's also on our board now. Um, so we will benefit from her amazing awesomeness into the future. Yeah. That is fantastic. And yeah, her amazing awesomeness cannot be understated. Um, I actually interviewed 
uh, Pamela on the For Love and Money podcast episode 11. It is our, so far it is, I think it's our most or um, one of the top, top two um, most watched, uh, most listened to episodes and there's just a heap of insight in there. I, I think, yeah, what really stands out for me with Pam is she demonstrates such courage but in a really quiet way. Humble. You know, yeah, humble and mm. quiet. It's not about her. Mm. You know, she might be playing lead guitar, but for her, it's the audience experience. Mm. It's the outcome of what she's trying to achieve with the rest of the band, okay? Mm. And, um, and, and the rest but, of the band are pretty cool as well, by the way. The rest Just of the band are in in, there. Yeah. incredibly cool. She, she's got a leadership team who are open to it. But mm. it's, it, this, this stuff isn't, you know, it's not easy. It's scary. You know, it takes courage to beat, to beat a path that has not been travelled. Mm. You know, everyone knows about business, you know, um, business as, as a means to driving profit. That's what we all know and we're all familiar with. So those leaders that are actually looking at how we respond to the needs of the world and society and the planet and are looking at how we actually use our businesses as a force for this. It might seem alien, but the research I've done has just shown that business has just been on this profit-focused path for the last 40, 50 years. It wasn't like that before. It was there to serve the needs of society. So we're not going down a completely new path, but we're trying to find our way back to where business started. Enjoying the podcast? If you're looking for more inspiration, head to our website, thecauseeffect.com.au for more resources on how you can start using your business as a force for good. Or buy the For Love and Money book. Every copy sold allows us to protect one square metre of rainforest. Help us save 10,000 square metres by 2025. So I want to go back to kindness because kindness is the core you know absolutely it's about equality but your way through is kindness and I feel like it's easy to I don't know to kind of go yeah yeah kindness mm. but I don't know there to me there seems to be so much more within there why yeah. kindness like well why kindness what does it take to be yeah. kind well our definition of a kind leader, and it changes a little bit, you know, here and there, is, you know, kindness is defined as the quality of being friendly, generous and considerate. Kindness in leadership is also about taking intentional, positive action to create improved, sustainable and inclusive outcomes for all stakeholders, not only when it's easy to be kind, but when it's hard to be. And that's the truest definition of kind leadership is you know how do you show up in the times when it's tough when there's challenges when the challenges overcome the opportunities how do you continue to show up and how do you create an environment where people feel safe enough to be able to support not just each other and themselves but the organization through those times and I think the, the, the pandemic the last couple of years is such a brilliant example of where we've needed to be quite creative around how we show up. And we might have individually all been struggling ourselves, but then how do we 
continue to show up in a way which is motivating and empowering a team mm. when you might be having mental health issues or you might be financially struggling because a family member's lost a job or you know you've all had COVID and you're feeling blooming horrible you're, you're working from home you, you might have made better friends with your neighbors so that was the bonus but we do not know if somebody's glass is half full or half empty at the moment and we don't it doesn't matter how they're showing up we don't know we really don't know and I think that kind leaders are thinking about the impact that they're having on the people around them. And that's, and that's, I think the simplest way to put it is what is your impact? Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it, are you thinking about the bigger picture or are you just thinking about the day-to-day tasks at hand? And there's nothing wrong with that. You can think about those day-to-day tasks, but even those, you know, it's, it's about coming from a place of just a higher frequency a frequency that is is love and 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 I think that's the and I don't want to be too soft about it but that's the easiest way to describe it because you know me I'm as much soft as I am rough around the edges you know I, I I'm kind leader but I won't be pushed around I'm a I'm a good human but I've got lots to learn you know it's it's around that combination of authenticity and you know accepting the reality of the situation that that, that we're in mm. and kindness you're absolutely right sometimes kindness um, needs to be tough um, but but at its core um, we talk about love but at its core it's you have to be able to empathize like you have to whether it's a person or a situation in order to be genuinely kind you have to you have to find empathy at some level you you need to do the work to actually get there but then some people can't and don't feel a lot of empathy and this is the thing so and there's nothing wrong with that everybody's built the way they're built so if you're listening to this and you're like oh god i don't feel a lot of empathy am i a bad person no you're not you know you just you just have got a certain threshold for empathy But what's important, if you're leading a team or if you're leading an organization that's full of humans, humans need a certain amount of empathetic reality and understanding. Everybody wants to feel seen. Nothing more beautiful than to be seen and seen in return, you know, and for somebody who you're working for to understand where you're at and what what you're trying to achieve and how are you going to grow together, not just how are they going to continue working hard to grow for you and I think you know if you don't have the capacity but your skill set is elsewhere make sure that you've got people in your team that have got the ability to be empathetic and to show up in a way where they can communicate it to you in a way which is meaningful um and that would be my advice because you know it's everybody is in a different place when it comes to how they relate to the world and some people, you know, might have a lot of empathy in that moment, but actually might have quite a delayed response to others and they don't feel anything for six months. And then they're like, oh, gosh, actually, I could have handled that better. So if we focus on where there's a, a lack of empathy or capacity for that, or, you know, if you can focus on the impact, what's the impact of my actions and how can I create a more positive impact with everything I do and everything I touch? It's about thinking, well, how do we just go the extra mile for the extra smile? Not to sound like I'm working at McDonald's, <laughs> but, you know, in that moment, if somebody's coming in and they're stressed out, what can I do in that moment that's actually going to be compassionate 
and better for the company than me just dismissing their emotions or feelings Mm. you know and I suppose we've all got different experiences and lived experiences which means you certainly now when you might be at the end of your tether as well people have just put the kids back to school and trying to have meetings all past couple of weeks over Easter and you know that self piece and looking after yourself is important Mm. and that is that's why it's one of the pillars in the curriculum because as a leader as this next generation who what kind of leader do I want to follow a leader that seems to be relatively comfortable in their own skin that they're honest with me about who they are and how they feel they've got a clear vision and a clear purpose which I'm buying into or somebody that just wants systems and processes and there's zero emotion involved I I am definitely not opting in for the second because mm. I'm a human and I think we've got we've got to the absolute limit of people not being treated like humans like literally people are revolting because they want to be treated like a human. Yeah. You know, um, and I've said this before, when you have to be one thing at work and totally something different outside of work, like you can only keep that up for a long, for a certain period of time until you burn out and you, you're unhappy because we can't live these dual existences in, in a way which no. is authentic for long periods. So we need some of this, a middle ground, um, and workplaces need to be able to create safety and permission for that middle ground to enable your teams to truly thrive. And until you do that, you know, just a little bit of extra empathy work go amiss right now. Mm. Uh, yeah. And there's such a thirst for, you know, for working in a place where you where you do feel it has a sense of meaning. You know, it's meaningful, right? And I hear so many people and leaders who say, no, you know, in the corporate world or in the business world who go, no, I just want to work for a non-profit. And that's great. And maybe that's what you do. But I feel like, you know, why is it an either or? Why is business the, e- you know. And let me tell you, some of these non-for-profits haven't got a good culture because they don't have the money to invest in the people. So yeah. it's this it's this cookie monster. This is the only way I could describe a non-for-profit sometimes is this People that constantly feel like they're owing something, they're in deficit emotionally because they're giving and giving and they're living for this purpose. But it's not always returned in a way where the people are actually looked after in some of these non-for-profits. And I'm not speaking about anyone or or other, Um, but they're like a cookie monster. You're like, here's $10 million. And it, the cookie eats all of the all of the money. Like more, more. What are you going to spend more of this money? We, we just got to keep going. We've got to keep going. And that's why you, you know you you think it's a better option to work for a non for profit because it's more purposeful. You can be exactly where you're at, doing exactly what you're doing, if you're surrounded by good people and people that believe in creating a good place to work. And look at just your products and services and how you can give back through them, your time, how you can give back through that. You know, you don't have to. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. In fact, you might go to a charity and it lacks all of the structure, all of the processes, the speed you used to working at. And you'd be miserable, actually, because you're, you're, you're then a deficit on your, your, you know, work job satisfaction. So, so it's just around looking at who you've got to look inside who am I what is in my sphere of influence 
what can I positively change today? Even if it's just to make my colleague a cup of tea. And we're not talking about just small actions, but the small actions add up, especially when a lot of people are doing them, you know, to, to looking at the biggest strategy of the business and saying, well, what kind of industry are we in? What lives do we actually affect? In fact, let's think about the lives we affect and do something about that now rather than just cleaning the mess up after. How can we, you know, change the way we look at everything? And, you know, I, I actually got a lovely tattoo on my foot um, and it was the name of all my caravans that I grew up in as well. I don't share this very often called La Vie and Rose, Edith Piaf, you know, the song La Vie and Rose. And it means just to see life through love to see the world through rose-tinted glasses. And it's not easy sometimes to do that because when we're in a deficit in ourselves, how can we see the love around us? But from a, from a yes, from a corporate perspective, you know, we have to look at the bottom line and the feasibilities. But then from your own self-love perspective, the more you learn to love yourself, the more mm. capacity you've got to give to others. Yes. And there's literally, I don't make those rules up, they're the laws of the universe. I'm, I am just the messenger, you know, you have to. And I have been to the bottom of the barrel. I have burnt out before. I've got incredibly sick doing what I do because I'm so passionate. But even your passion has got to be balanced and you've got to look after yourself through that process. Otherwise, you're not going to be any good to lead anybody. And it's a journey. It's not a race. It's a marathon take your time we're all in it together and just take step by step because the reality of shifting your mindset around things that you have it had it built into you since the day you were born is not sometimes an easy task mm. you've got to try a few outfits on to see which fit but my goodness when you put the right outfit on it's a beautiful feeling you know, and when you, you can't wake do up, it alone. You, can't. you can't do it alone. You've been a massive and help to me on the journey, Carolyn. You know, I remember likewise. about five or six years ago when we first met and, you know, you were setting up your brand thing and my background was brand too. And it's like, could we collaborate on this? But actually, what am I good at building communities, telling stories, facilitating and bringing people on a journey? But it took a good two years or something for, for us to work on, well, what is Anna's purpose? How are you going to communicate the purpose? And I had obliviously not realized that everyone around me was on the diversity and inclusion kind of channel. And you were like, you're surrounded by all the others. Everyone loves you because you're another. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, actually, that's true. And then the, uh, the, the, uh, the capacity to articulate that purpose into something that was digestible I needed help with that you know I needed help to be able to condense that down into something that was meaningful so not one step of my journey at Bambuda has been alone mm. we've got a board we've got three committees that are committed to running and building what we've we've set out to achieve I've got so many people advisors Every time I'm stuck, I go to five or six people with different mindsets just to say, what do you think about this? Because, you know, it's not about not trusting myself. It's about what's my impact here. And it's important that I take into consideration everything within that sphere. Um, and that doesn't change within businesses. But I tell you, the biggest challenge we've got is people can just struggle to be in in proximity of each other for long periods of time. And if we're being completely honest, 
people are the problem and how do we change that and and I think it's about creating more belonging more knowledge and education around how you can show up with more purpose and then everything else takes care of itself Mm. and and you know we we are living in a time of huge transition business has to transition like the only rational response to what is going in the, on in the world is not to go rah 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 business as usual we just keep doing what we do doing to keeping on doing what we do has got us into this place in the first place mm. and so the only rational response is to take stock and say right business does not exist in a silo how do we respond to the needs of society today and, you know, the market is crying out for business to respond. And what what you, what Bambuda offers at a time of transition is not just the guidance but the community. Mm. You know, I, I think that is such a big part of what you do and it just, I felt it at the conference. Mm. It was I've made so many beautiful friends. Honestly, I have through this journey at Bambuda, yourself included, I have met so many people that every single person has taught me something uh, that has given me that pick me up I've needed to keep going, that has helped me see things from a slightly different perspective that I just didn't think of before. And, you know, I I can say that, you know, say if Bambuda ended tomorrow, it's been the best five years of my life. It really has. I'm, I'm getting tearful just thinking Aww. about it. I've met some beautiful people and just some inspirational people, and I just don't even know where some of these people are going to end up, you know. And, you know, I'm very proud to have been part of a community that's committed and continues to be committed to doing things in a different way. You know, I think the biggest challenge is, you know, five years ago, kindness, work, nah. But now everyone's like, oh, actually there might be something to that and we're like well we're glad because we've been working for five years to prove to prove it so and here's the programs it's tested it's trialed it's good to go you know come and see us and it doesn't matter where you are on the journey you could be an individual leader you could be you know looking for something that's really going to shake your team up for the next year and just get everybody refocused um or you could be a coach you could be an inspirational Mm. coach inspirational speakers you know we're always looking for content. We're always looking for people that have got a different take on the world to offer, um, especially when it comes to giving tools and resources around how to bring this to life in a meaningful way in business. Um, it's really a movement for kindness that you've created. You know, you look at all the different things that you have created, the the um, Kind Leaders Program, the um, Corporate Kindness um, Conference the awards, the research paper, the impact studios, you are cultivating a movement for kindness in leadership, mm. which is delivering on, on you know, what is needed today is helping to guide and support leaders. Yeah. yeah, and it delivers results. You know, people are saying, well, what's the results? The results is brand trust. The results is staff retention. The results is community engagement. The results is actual investment because your ESG now is asking for this. You know, the the results is happy workforces. The results is well leaders and, you know, reconciliation for this beautiful country we were on. And, um, 
you know, it, it kind of speaks for itself. But I think that the most amazing thing about it is the possibility of, of humans is phenomenal. But we've all just got to get onto something that's relatively a same page <laughs> and take action in a way which is meaningful, not just because you think this community wants this or this yeah. wants that. Like, work out what you can really do to create impact and then build long term relationships, not one night stands. Build long term, mm. impactful relationships which contribute to designing solutions rather than, you know, and with the community owned by community rather than stipulating what you think needs to happen because that's how we got in this mess in the first place and in doing all of that in embracing the unknown you know in in looking at how do we do things better what is the impact that we need to create to make this better I mean that isn't that where we all find our souls a little bit you know Mm. what we've lost Mm. in the big sellout but you know the knowledge is there you just need to be earning the trust to receive it and this is this is the reality of it you know we can't take the the old knowledge the ancient wisdom without authenticity of intention so if you are listening to this and you're a sustainability person or you're you're a person that's you know committed to creating change through the collaboration of of community we have to think really hard and be very intentional about how we go around creating solutions um and there are a lot of warriors out there that have been fighting the good fight for a long time caroling you're one of them that have actually paved the way for a whippersnapper like me to come along and build a movement based on kindness that's built on the work of the people that have come before that have you know been tying themselves to trees that have been you know that have taken huge amounts of personal sacrifice um, for us to get to a place where this is even a conversation that's on the table. The problem is the only way we landed on the table so quickly of late is because the whole world went into individual sacrifice and it shifted everybody. It shifted everyone's consciousness in a way where we can't go back. But now what do we do with that? How do we heal as, as a, as a, global community um and i believe the healing is in the action the intention and the very very action of of doing things differently absolutely and action i look i i look back on every single interview i have done and the common theme is action mm-hmm. you know words have a, an important place but without action to back it up uh, they're nothing. They're empty. And ultimately, I love the way you talked about, you know, there are leaders who have paved the way for us where we are today. But mm. our responsibility is to pave the way and support the leaders of the future. It is. And we they are relying on us. Mm. So it's time to leave our egos at the door. Yes. It's time to be open to different ways of working. And when you're struggling with the change and the transition, be kind to yourself because not everything that has been presented to you because it's outside of what you've experienced before is is the wrong way. So create that innovation and through the innovation, you've got to create a safe space and then people will provide the solutions. 
in a way which is meaningful. And we've got a lot of work to do, but you can do it. You can do it immediately. You can do it from the minute you stop listening to this. You can go and think, right, I'm going to write down three things that I'm going to do as a leader that's going to have more of an impact in this world. Three, you might change your coffee in the office. It's a good start. You know, you might take your team out for a bit of dinner and give them a bit of love. That's a good start too. Or you might sit down and look at, well, what is our supply chain policies currently? Whatever is in your power as a leader, you can start thinking about this and making moves forward. But, you know, one of the real things in life is doing nothing is the same as saying everything will remain the same. So if you want everything to remain the same, don't do anything. Just Mm. listen to this podcast, digest, you know. But if you really want change to happen, we're all responsible for it. All of us, without exception. Yeah. Beautifully, beautifully put. Um, And... I invite you to take action. Have a look at the show notes. Go to um, the links. We'll provide links to Bambuda Group. Um, As we've talked about through this podcast, there are many ways that Bambuda Group can support you through the Kind Leaders program. You could come in as a speaker. You could come in as a coach. You could come in as a collaborator. It, it is, it is really what Anna has created here is a movement of like-minded people who can support each other as we transition um, through our businesses and through our society. So Anna, thank you so much for coming on this show. I really do hope that people will check out Bambuda and yeah, lean in, lean in. As Anna said, if you don't want anything to change, do nothing. If you want something to change, do something. Take some action. Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Caroline. Um, I really and thanks appreciate for your you. friendship. Thank you for the ongoing support. You really are a sister to me, and I'm grateful for everything you do and continue to do um, to start to keep moving the dial on this. And I think the work you've done over the past few years has been pretty phenomenal yourself. So, yeah, I um, I'm just grateful. Yeah. Thank you. I feel the same way about you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the For Love and Money podcast. If you'd like to take a deeper dive into the purpose movement, visit us at thecauseeffect.com.au. And remember, doing good is good for business. So if you're not doing good, then what are you doing?